and the mouse keep running, running, and 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 welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. This is episode 382. As we get closer and closer to that epic milestone, 400. And I am joined by Jason in a little bit where we're going to go through a bunch of books. But before we do that, let me tell you that you can go over to Twitter right now and follow us at WS Marvel Comics. And if you do that, we will follow you back 100%. Then you can go to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com. You can also go to our Instagram, Weird Science Comic. And then at the end of all that, you can go to our Patreon and help us out for what we do on this feed, but get a ton more. That is patreon.com slash weird science. And one of the things that we have each and every week on our Patreon, Thursday nights, we end up having a Patreon-only spotlight where me and Jason talk about two comics that come out that week. This week, it ends up being Captain Carter, number one, and The Punisher, number one, pretty much the biggest book of the week in my mind. Those two books were picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Uh-uh. That is one of the levels, the highest level on the Patreon. And when you do that, you end up getting a poll where you can pick the two books that you want us to feature on that Patreon-only spotlight. But you don't have to go to the highest level. There's a lot of levels. Each level has more and more podcasts. I would figure that if you're listening to this podcast, you might like Marvel Comics and you also might like listening to Podcast, So that's kind of the deal there. There's a lot of things over on the Patreon, a lot of podcasts like the Marvel Ultimate Universe podcast, where I'm going through the ultimate stuff. I am in the middle of the ultimate Spider-Man, but I'm going through a reading order and I'm coming up to a point where I'm even going to be jumping into the ultimate Daredevil and Electra stuff. So that's cool. And I'm going to be joined by my man, Brandon, who, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, You'll remember Brandon was one of the co-hosts, and he ended up getting busy with life and whatnot, but he's going to come back and do that with me over in the Patreon. But there's a ton of different Marvel things, and I just mentioned those. And the best way to do and find out about is to go over to the Patreon. Again, patreon.com slash weird science. If you do sign up now, you will not be charged the minute you sign up. Some of the Patreons, if you're not aware, you get charged right away. Then you get charged again. That's not the way we play it. You end up going in, you sign up, you will not be charged unless you decide to go into the following month, now being April, if you end up stopping before then. If you end up quitting in March, just because it's not for you, you don't have the money, whatever the case may be, at least you gave it a try. That's all I want to do because I do think we have a lot of quality stuff and that you will find something that you would like to listen to. And there you go. That's the commercial. That's it. Hey, it's all done. We're going to go off me and Jason talking, like I said, about a bunch of books, some things ending, like the Kate Bishop Hawkeye book, some things continuing on, like the Spider-Man and the Thor and all that stuff. So we'll get into that right now. And I'm here with my man, Jason. What up, Jason? Hello, Jim. How are you today? Oh, I'm lovely. And we have a bunch of books here. We don't have any lightning rounds this week. No, I, I checked the weather forecast. We've got clear skies as far as the eye can see. And there's some big books. And there's also like the idea, yeah, Kate Bishop eh, it could be a lightning round, but we're ending it. And we've talked about every other issue. And I hate to end a series like that. 
with a lightning round where we just go through, even though I think that we're going to get through a lot of these very quickly, and we're going to get right into this here. We're going to start with The Amazing Spider-Man. It's The Amazing Spider-Man number 92. It is plot by Kelly Thompson, script by Jed McKay. So when I ended up last week when we were talking about it, I looked ahead. I just mm-hmm. looked at the cover and saw Jed McKay because he's script. Uh, I get the idea that the plot part of it is just, hey, this is where they were. They were kind of going to do this, whatnot. Yeah, it's hard to say exactly, you know, if she just gives him a one page, oh, here's what I was doing, here's how it hooks up, which, I mean, really, for the whole event, it should have been kind of plot by everybody handing off to everybody. But I think this is the first time we've seen the credits actually break down. Yeah, that's that's the crazy so I deal. I wonder what's different. And it is, it is a shame that maybe they couldn't have had plot by the whole, I hate to say it, the Beyond Board. I, I don't like to play these games, but they end up... And then maybe all the scripts by Zeb Wells. You know, maybe that would have been the way to do it. But we've been jumping back and forth. And because of that, you do end up having a change of tone and a lot of it, a change of even quality. I mean, I hate to say it, but there has been. Oh, for sure. And we didn't like last issue. We were not big on it. And I'll continue the this, the credits and then we'll get into that. But it is Fran Galan, Sarah Pacelli, and Zeke Carlos on art, Brian Reber on colors, and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. And I'll do this, and then I'll get back to my point. Ben and Peter teamed up with Misty Knight and Colleen Wing to shut down the supervillain program's headquarters. Driven by revenge, Ben wasn't satisfied with taking out a single facility, set his sights on Beyond's head. To prevent Peter and his friends from getting in the way, Ben opened the mysterious door Z and unleashed Beyond's ultimate horror on them, and that ends up being the lizard here. But my point is the idea where we did not like last issue because it got too joked. The tone of it changed. Yeah, right at the peak, what should be the peak of the drama. And we're finally getting the band back together. And it just says, oh, here, here's some silly schmilly. Nothing matters. Yeah, and Craziness. this has happened before. And now we get this issue. And before, I'll tell you, before it was sending it sandwiches and goldfish. Sending it sandwiches mm-hmm. show up. I, I've been war- not warning. I've been telling you. Every week, if I see these sentient sandwiches again, I'm just going to lose it. I'm not going to lose it here, but it's just the idea. I know you want to have the light to tone, fix it but here in the recap, where it says to prevent Peter and his friends from getting in the way, Ben opened the mysterious door Z, and that is. I went back and looked at it. That was not set up at all last issue, that that was his reason. It was just, you know, he was talking with Maxie and said, I'm just going to open it myself. So there. But so they try to use these recaps to fix the story, which I, I hate. Yeah. So you get into this. And again, I, I like the art. I, I always do like uh, Sarah Pacelli's art. Problem is Sarah Pacelli does not keep a schedule as far as I've been told. And that's why a lot of times you end up having three artists on an issue. I think her Art looks good for a certain kind of book. They, it looks like a, a little kid's kind of book to me. Like even on that first page, that that first page, I mean, the daughter of the dragon look like they're eleven years old. It does actually. When you look at Misty, it is very cartoony. It is very cartoony. I don't know. I like that style. It doesn't fit this. She looks like a little kid. With that though, you end up having this two part deal, and you end up having Misty, Colleen, and Peter. Fighting the Lizard, one of my big problems in this bit is the script does not give you any sort of inkling of the 50% Peter. And that's what the whole play was going in there where you had the setup. I'm going to join up with Ben. I need to help him because he's 50%. I'm 50%. That math makes 100. So we're good. It was kind of like a, that. Now that sort of joke, I didn't mind. He goes off. And then last issue, we said it got very joke, uh, too jokey, too much with an important deal where we've been waiting this whole deal to have. Okay, Peter and Ben back to 
together again. Like you said, the gang's all back together. And the last time they fought, the UFOs were who they fought. Peter got put in a coma. And so when you had this, it just got lessened by the jokes. But in this, you end up the jokes continue. Unfortunately, not as bad, but then they get kind of a it's a weird mix. But I wanted to see the Peter struggling a little here where he is going against a super powered vampire lizard is what we find out. Even the the graphics, I mean, when we saw Peter last time, his his mask and costume were all torn up, right? That was the only reason we could I could tell him apart in the close-ups from Ben was because Peter was all torn up from his fight with the Queen Goblin. And that just, they, they, he put on a new mask somewhere between panels. It's that Ben leaves, so we don't need to do that, but you have to be consistent. Peter doesn't have any sort of, usually has a little more care for some things, especially where it looks like the lizard now has been just made into even more of a monstrosity, but he never seems to even bat an eye of cutting an arm off. And that's just a test to see it, but he never, he's always just running and they're kind of quipping and things like that, but there's never a, oh my God, I'm going to try to help you, uh, Kurt, if that really is you. Well, you know, what's going on? Because then you just go over and you see that he kind of got connected with Morbius. That's why they grabbed Morbius before. That makes enough sense. We saw that. At the very beginning mm-hmm. to make this ties back in. Even with that, I don't know about you, but I didn't necessarily see that he had wings last issue. That was actually a surprise to me. And then I see what they're doing here, but it, it looked more like tentacles. I thought last time. in this art. I mean, the, just the way it's framed, the wings are always off panel. Like we kind of see the little stumps coming off the back, but we never get a full view. Un- unlike the cover, I mean, the cover is a, the cover is gorgeous again. The uh, Art Adams cover. And, uh, but, but in the issue itself, we don't really see the wings at all, which I would think if that's the big difference, they should really play that up. And then we get the, just the peak, the peak where they kind of get to another room. And I, I guess they, they have a, a little break in the action because it seems like Peter has locked the door behind them. So lizard guy has to get through a thick steel door. So they have some time for little, little chit chat. Yeah. Yeah. And even that. I mean, the, the idea of this again is that. They they have more care for Morbius, so they go and and the called the daughters of the the dragon they go over couldn't I got, got a blank they go over to Morbius and that's going to lead into the Bay issue next where they get Morbius and then they just go heavy on this hey Mike hey we got I mean even oh, when you end up Mike having joke. them talk and Misty says hey we'll be fine we got Mike here and then have to repeat it again the next word bubble to then finally have Morbius go who's this Mike. You're Mike. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm like, really? Nobody's ever called you Mike. Like, shouldn't shouldn't even the daughter of the dragon be taking this kind of halfway seriously? It, this is not like Peter quipping against a villain to kind of throw him off his game. This is, you know, and again, the, the two daughters of the dragon, I could not tell you anything different about one to the other. One's got a sh- one's got a shiny arm, the other one doesn't. But their dialogue is completely interchangeable. Yeah, they end up, they grab Morbius, and then you finally get back to, I think we got to call Monica about this. I'm like, oh, we're, we're going back to that? That was so long ago. But in the meantime, this is just to have a scene to set up this Bay issue next, but also because Ben needs some time because he's gone off to face off against Maxine. And you end up having him talking. And the, the Ben stuff is okay until he gets attacked by sandwiches. But he ends up talking like, mm-hmm. I'm not a bad guy. I'm a good guy, but I, I don't have that moral deal. They took some things away. And then eventually he does run into Janine, who saves him from the sandwiches. And that's when, and I really like the part where he says, 
the one thing they can't take away from me and the one thing that they would is my love of Janine and Janine supporting me. So that's really nice. In the meantime, though. Right. It's, it's almost like the Janine thing is substituting for the Ben part that's missing, the Uncle Ben part. And almost the idea that he thinks maybe, like the way that it's played is almost as if they're maybe retroactively telling you that Beyond took certain memories out because they wanted to. That wasn't the case. They said that it was too many times that they were wiping things and things went wonky and got taken out that they weren't even knowing exactly what it was. But how Ben's looking at it is they can take all that stuff from me, try to make me into this, you know, bad guy or whatever. But I know I'm good. And Janine's my center with that. I like that. In the meantime, Maxine, I I mean, Marcus, he ended up screwing up. And just disappeared. And now he just shows up again and like, hey, I was gone for a while. We kept waiting for something to come along for Marcus here. And it hasn't. He just no, gets nothing. he gets to stand in front of Maxine to protect her because he's he's just a well, frankly, a, a, a big fat nerd. And not that there's anything wrong with that. Maybe some people on this podcast are big fat nerds, but he's that's not <laughs> but that's not his job. That's not what he's good at. But I guess maybe she thinks that he has a relationship with Ben. Maybe he'll be able to talk him out of That's it. That's what it seems. But where's he been? And he even says, oh, I haven't seen you in a while. Oh, yeah, yeah. With everything you've done, uh, you got to like, and he even says, you know, to Maxine, like, you've done some bad things and whatnot. I think that something got changed or whatnot. That had to have been something that was maybe going to be bigger because he just disappeared. He was in a cell. They they end up the only other person that ended up being in a cell was Kafka who ends up being Queen Goblin. I mean, that that's a huge thing. And then he just pops up and says, oh, you know, I think that Ben might, you know, be nice to you, man. And she's playing the idea that maybe you'll be able to, you know, talk some sense and whatnot. But Maxine's dialogue and portrayal changes here. She was kind of a scary character. Now she's a comedy villain. She's she's like Dr. Evil. She's not like an actual scary villain anymore. She's really come down as a character. Yeah. So you end again with Ben kissing Janine. Janine's going to go her way. I know my way around. I'm going to go through here, there, and the other way. You end up having at one point, I don't know, Ben starts looking more and more like like a Justin Timberlake in this. I, I didn't mind that, but you end up where he's going to go yeah, off I, and attack. Art starts getting a little rough on these next couple pages. Janine looks bad. And And then you have Morbius with the Daughters of the Dragon And they're going to go off yeah, and do and something that page again, that page looks rough Yeah, yeah, so that's, That does not look good You basically set up the, the Bay Daughters issue. of the Dragon, their faces are barely there It's Yeah, it's 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 a shame But you end up, at the end It's just, it's like a nothing issue After that big, you know, what we wanted In the last issue, this one is just I like the Janine stuff with Ben But other than that, it's just setting up things It's a setup issue, setting up a Bay issue That I know that you're not looking forward to And then continue on Because we're getting close to the end of all this But in the meantime Peter just kind of is there to be He does not, there's nothing with Peter I said, I wanted to see him struggling a bit I wanted to see what this means He's there fighting a supercharged you know, vampire version of Kurt Connors, but he kind of then even gets left in the shovel, like back and what happened to Kurt, all that. So at the end, you're setting up stuff that eh, we'll see. But what would you give this? Well, it's kind of two half issues shoved together. So I kind of said, well, the Ben stuff is kind of a seven issue and the the other stuff is kind of a four issue. So I'm going to give this a total of a 5.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm a six. I'm a little better than you but it's still and i'm telling you yeah the art I, I does the change art around it gets all wonky not only uneven but there are some individual pages that just look bad 
And I'm not, I'm not usually harsh on art, but these do not. Look yeah, good. it's just weird, like the things that they thought that you had to tie up the sandwiches. And and in this again, before maybe people thought it was funny, but to have it here then as Ben again, Ben Riley, who's going to get back his memories from Maxine, who stole them from her, and in the meantime, they're burning down everything, and they seem to say we're going to upload stuff, and that might be the continuation where at the end. Ben says, me and Janine are going to go try to get my memories, and then maybe we have something later with that. But but I don't understand why Ben doesn't want Peter along with this part. Why would Peter not support him getting his memories back? Maybe the idea is that his brain is just so scrambled that he's acting irrationally. Or maybe he just doesn't want him to get I – mean, I could say he doesn't want him to get hurt, but he unleashes you know, the lizard, the vampire lizard. Yeah, he, himself. He thinks it's that, weird. He seems to think that Peter will stop him from trying I to get his memories back from Maxine. Deal. I, I think it's more of the idea that they want to have the one-on-one against Maxine at the end of this, they, not they, have they Peter there. They should come up with a more rational reason for that to happen. They just didn't. Doing the most important thing for him in this whole entire series, and he gets attacked by sandwiches, that yeah, the eater has become the eaten. I'm like, no, come on. You, you keep doing this. You keep fudging these things up. And the idea, yeah, when the, the Daughters of the Dragon come, I you do your thing with Mike. It's overdone. It's eye-rolling. But that that's that. But stuff with Ben going to get these things back, it's more important than sending it sandwich nonsense. So yeah, screw it, that. It makes the whole story feel small. Yeah, yeah, it does. It just makes it feel like a, a goof. And again, people can argue and say, well, you know, Spider-Man's supposed to be fun or whatever. To me, that's not fun. That's a forced attempt at humor that didn't hit the first three times. So it right, just yeah, throws and, me off. Jokes in the right place can be good, yeah, but these be are great. jokes that are def- deflating the drama. Yeah, so that's that. Uh, well, now I'm already depressed. We'll move on to the next book, which you're going to give the uh, beginning to. And what is it, Jason? This is Spider-Gwen, Gwenverse number one. It is written by Tim Seeley, formerly of DC. Uh, the art is by Jody Nishijima, colorist Federico Blee, and letterer VC's Ariana Mayer. And when teenager Gwen Stacy suits up in her synthetic symbiotic suit, she gains amazing powers, a precognitive awareness of danger, adhesive fingertips and toes, and the proportional speed and strength of a spider. Now she uses her powers for good as the superhero called Ghost Spider, but you know her as Spider-Gwen. Yep, and it's Gwenverse, and you start off, and, and there you go, you get a... You know, recap of her and things like that. You're going to get it again in here. I mean, she's going to yeah, say I, at one I, point. I, I told you in the Slack, but I was confused at first because I have Gwenpool and Spider-Gwen just squished together in my head because they, they look kind of the same. So I had to go back and do the research. I, I kept I kept waiting for the fourth wall breaking. And I mean, she does have a, a thing that lets her go between universes. So it's even like a multiversal thing like, like Gwenpool. But no, so I looked up her history and she's, She's complicated because she had been bitten by the radioactive spider, but then those powers got taken away by Moon Girl or this universe's Moon Girl. And then she kind of got those powers back from her suit. So all her powers were actually from the symbiotic suit, but it's not an alien symbiotic suit. It's a technological symbiotic suit made of little robot spiders. Yep, they're little robot spiders in there. And then in this thing, Peter Parker ended up you know, having some problems and... That's kind of her whole deal of trying to, you know, make up for that. And she goes in and and Tim Seeley, I think he does a good enough job of setting up her in the universe. Just the idea, look, you end up having the she bodega bandit. These are the high level bad guys in her universe. They don't really have 
the big, big bads in this universe. So she kind of does a little bit of her superheroing, but she's never really in that much danger. The problem is she goes to school in the 616. Low low super universe. Yeah. Yeah. So she goes and her dad, Heroes Alive, but she goes to school in the 616. So when she goes to 616, obviously... There's a lot of uh, other things going on. She ends up where there is Peter Parker still there. Like all these things that you've had going into this and the stuff in the Spider-Verse book and stuff like that. So when she goes, uh, her dad even sees when she goes and takes down the Bodega Bandit. And their dad sees this on a video like, hey, I saw you were doing your superheroing stuff. The Bodega Bandit is basically the hamburger. Yeah, yeah, really. That's all and really dressed exactly like it. So there's the wink wink. And I wonder how many people even know the hamburger anymore who I love. But you end up where's Mayor McCheese? Where is he? He (laughs) Mayor McCheese has a no mask policy going on here. But you end up where the her dad (laughs) says, I know that you've been practicing, right? The fry guys are thunderbolts. Fry guys there are the thunderbolts. It'd be great. I mean seriously. Uh so you end up, and it's the Ronald McDonald law that's actually there instead of Kamala's <laughs> law. So we, we could go forever. Even in that, you you get this little deal. I didn't think it was play, like some of the things I think you needed more stuff because Mary Jane. Doc Ock is Grimace. Yeah, right? really. Definitely. You end up where <laughs> they have a band, the Mary Janes. They were supposed to play. That's kind of just kind of shoved aside a little just to show Mary Jane there. But Mary Jane's only there to deliver a line. Hey, we started this band right. because she's you wanted there to deliver a line and to show Mary Jane's attitude towards Gwen, who is kind of, you know, not not getting along so well. Yeah, and they always butt heads about this because the idea that Gwen is off doing, say, they she wants the band to be the thing and always missing stuff. It's always the thing here. So you end up when she does go home to her dad. Her dad says, "Hey, I saw you fighting. You're a little better now." And he, again, he is a retired cub, so he can recognize this. He says, you're doing the spider thing in that other universe, aren't you? And that universe is bad. That universe is bad. It's the 616. You have people dying and big villains. You're not just going after the hamburger. And so he's worried. But it's good to show that he is worried. And he's a good guy. And he's alive. Yeah, exactly. Over the other universe, both his daughter and him, they're yeah, both, they're both alive. And he even villains. says, like, the idea, like, we're dead over there. Like, this is crazy. So you do get that set up. And I, I thought it was okay. The setup will come back at the end, too, because, you know, spoiler, 665 here, the Earth is going to change. And the wonkiness of the change, though, is what got me. And when we go into the future and we have the end of days here, when you have finale, mm-hmm. that I, I, it lost me. And I'll tell you, I just it I, didn't I, I kind of like chuckled it. at this. I don't usually like these kind of jokes, but for whatever reason, some of these kind of hit for me. And it is... It's very much like the Douglas Adams restaurant at the end of the universe, except as a rock concert. It is. The problem I have is it's it's going big on this artist of memes and emoticons and the people. And I think, uh, again, 2016 called and they want their (laughs) storyline. I've seen (laughs) this stuff over and over. It made me chuckle. I think it's a little too late in the game to kind of go with this. That I I think it's, it's making fun of it enough. Like her, her big performance is she puts up a meme that she made. And it's it's the, the you know the the ladies yelling at a cat meme which we've all seen and, and the crowd goes wild. I thought that was funny. well. Her ploy here is to have this huge concert though with finale 
to get the powers of her followers through emoticons and this whole deal of hooking up to them. Yeah, they're all wearing these little headsets called emotes, which somehow transmits the emotions yeah, back Yeah, so forth. they get in the emotes and what she thinks. And I didn't think it was really played out. She says that I'm going to kind of go back in time. I have this machine. Okay, you're at the yeah, end. It was unclear exactly what she meant. So the idea is that all of time and space is just kind of falling apart at this at this point. It's just, it's done. So she's putting together this last concert, but what she's really doing is she has these multiversal versions of all the different villains, and they they gather these different equipment, Dr. Doom's time platform, something from Kang's time ship, the pigeon's time egg. I couldn't figure out who the pigeon was supposed to be, but uh, but they've got all these things, and they're going to put this together and get emotional energy from the crowd to somehow send her essence back through time and let her live as superheroes previous in time. So I don't know if this is is this the future of the 65 universe or is this some I other I think it's I think it might be some I, I don't tell. know because you just have it where at that point Gwen's going to jump through her portal to go back to the 616 go back to school. So while this is going on and I didn't quite get the concept here of what like you said the essence I thought she was just going to go and time travel back or whatever but it's more of reincarnation into Thor, Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel. you see the characters behind that she's mm-hmm. saying she's going to jump into. The issue, though, is that when this hits, she doesn't have everything because Cable has done messed up the game. You ended up having yep. Kid Carcass go and back that, to get Cable's deal. That, that panel where you see all the heroes that she wants to be, it, it is, looks straight out of the Miles Morales cap book from last week where it's look, when he looks through the portal and he sees the other versions. It's the same multiversal versions of every hero smushed together that we've seen a thousand times. Yeah, so she's going to try to do that. Yeah, so she's going to try to do that, and I'm going to be all these heroes, and then everybody will worship me, and I'm like, I don't don't really think that's a great... It's just this character finale, eh, well, we hardly know you because you're just starting, so we'll see, but when she ends up not having the chrono computer, the sentient chrono computer of Cable, her doctor here, Dr. Cephalopod, uh, might as you know, is he a Mon Calamari? He ends up where you end up. He's we he can't do this. That's the thing that actually will make sure everything goes right. That's we can't. This is the navigation deal. We got a abort, abort, and she's like abort. The the whole thing's coming down. The the universe is this ending. Is our last chance. So right. really, what the hell does it matter? And she ends up doing this. And at at a point though, you even have these point of view characters in the audience who. I thought they were going to, and maybe they'll come back. It's weird because I thought, oh, okay, we're going to deal with, oh, they're they're dead. I mean, all this just ends up nothing for for her to go back. Their cat is alive and their cat apparently can talk. And the cat's one of the the big thing on the meme. So it all works out. So with that, again, the idea of the meme, as I'm telling you, I broke my eyes. But when Gwen is jumping into the portal, she ends up getting hit by this blast from this finale. The problem is, is that, yes, that does change her Earth, as we'll see, but it doesn't seem to affect her at all. And that's by the end, I thought, why aren't we seeing a progression of her being the reincarnated version of this finale? But it doesn't seem right. to do anything. It's, 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 it's weird. It's kind of like it goes through Gwen and kind of grabs some of her essence and then spreads that through her timeline. So it doesn't really change her, but it kind of like uses her her DNA or her soul to end up with all these other characters instead of having it be version of finale. They're all versions of Spider-Gwen. Yeah. But again, like it's a weird deal in her earth that we see is completely changed in this dystopian future type deal. And I don't even get 
exactly what's playing on, but it's all the multiverse kind of affecting each other. And you end up when she does go. I think what it is is because now in the 60, I guess all these uh, different versions ended up in the 65 timeline. So the history of the 65 timeline is different. It had all these superheroes in its past. So it's no longer a low super universe. So everything about the universe has changed to accommodate that. And it's now got these flying robots all over the place and it's just you have transformers going around it looks like and you know, they end up being like the super cop transformers which you know it's her dad but you end up where she runs into spider zero and you know recognizes hey it's kind of a clunky thing hey spider zero you know me oh yeah miles said that there was a spider going around in a bomber jacket you look like you're maverick here and and she's like oh yeah that's cool well we can't go see miles but let's go back to your earth oh no it's changed let's figure it out they go and check the books and like you said the superheroes have changed it's become more of a dangerous universe here and you end up having the beginning it's thor gwen i don't even know she's like that doesn't roll up and thor gwen it's not that hard to say yeah thor gwen it's not that and she's like oh my god we got to go check this out and they do go to Asgard, but in the meantime, she does end up almost getting stopped by this one, you know, super cop deal, and even runs into Mary Jane. Mary Jane ends it. Did you think that Mary Jane was that night? I mean, no, we were told in the dialogue that Mary Jane is very different, but we didn't really get that so much in the in the story itself. But yeah, apparently that is the biggest tell, is that, you know, her character has changed. But then we see, yeah, the robot reveals himself to be her, her dad, she rips his arm right off, which kind of harsh, but I guess it's not really his arm. It's a robot arm. And then the two uh, spider people go through a portal. I guess that's a spider zero thing. She can do that. Yeah, yeah, she can. She's like kind of in charge of the web of life and the, all that it's spider. It's all the web of life. It's a spider verse totem stuff. It's, that's always the but case. But it says yeah. that spider zero can't go with spider Gwen on this quest, but she's going to be like the little voice in her ear so they can have conversations, but we can't have spider zero fixing everything we have to have spider gwen doing and in that tim seeley makes his age uh very scene with the charlie's angels reference so yeah i'm like yeah. really charlie's angels? all right <laughs> that's a little old even it for is me. yeah yeah it is and and we were the ones making the uh the mcdonald land jokes but it's all going to be a character study of spider gwen because the idea is that each of these past superheroes has one aspect of herself that she has to now come to terms with so it's like psychologically her coming to terms with her own personality and kind of reintegrating these bits of herself. So we see this Thor Gwen is a part of herself that likes to be the center of attention and always have everybody say how great she is, which is kind of like her her and her band. And that's what Mary Jane, the one line she said, you wanted the band to get attention. All right, there we go. And we have this deal. And yeah, you're right. The idea that you'll have these different things going on, but she just ends up. You know, fighting Thor, Gwen, and it kind of ends up kind of still going. And then we go to the future again, the end of time. Yeah, the idea is that they think that if Thor, Gwen kind of reveals herself by showing off his magic hammer, that is the key incident that makes this no longer a low super universe. So she wants to get that hammer away from her. And again, the, the idea of Finale being kind of the villain here. This isn't her plan. She didn't want she wants to just be the greatest heroes of all time and get worshipped and and do these things. It got messed up by going into Gwen and going through, like you said, and she finds that out from Cephalopod 
And then they got to go like, oh, let's figure this out. Let's, yeah. yeah, really. He didn't go to cephalopod medical school for no reason. You end up where, yeah, like, okay, we got to fix this. Oh, my God. You better do this right, whatever. And they're trying to figure out, okay, what can we do? What can we make this happen and whatnot? And then at the end, we're like, we're going to get somebody to do this. And it's Nightbird from the, the, the Heroes Reborn story that we just ended up having. And it's just the Gwen Stacy of that Heroes Reborn Earth. And she should be probably pretty crazy because she got goblin gassed up and things now, like that. I did, I did not read that issue, so I just thought this was Tim Seeley bringing Nightwing into the Marvel Universe and said, oh, now, they can, already did can that. he do that? That was part of the deal because that whole <laughs> Heroes Reborn was the Justice League pretty much being right. you know, the amalgam deal. And then you ended up having the Nighthawk version where had Nightbird ends up getting gassed and, and you know goes crazy. So this should be... Like a, again, if you want to go with a Gwen, you know, deal, this is almost the Harley Quinn Gwen that's coming in, but also, you know, amalgam up with everything. So we'll see how that is. But that's nothing that gets me that excited because I didn't like Heroes Reborn anyway. And so through this, I just, we talked about Captain Carter on the podcast, the Patreon Spotlight. And one of our big things of that is we liked it enough, but is it, necessary what are we don't going here and i i don't know this is just hey we can do some spider gwen stuff there's gwen you kind of get multiverse but not as much because now it's timeline stuff with it as well but i just I, it didn't grab me it didn't grab me at all uh to actually continue if i was just buying it or whatnot mm-hmm. i thought it was a little clunky i thought parts were there was weird parts that weren't explained enough for maybe new readers again you end up with a there's supposed to be the cliffhanger supposed to be a wow factor you see it you don't know who the hell that is and it's not even explained like that's not the wow factor also the one thing that i think that gwen would be more upset at not just the oh my god my my world is now overpowered villain type things the big thing would be that her dad's dead that that's always gonna and i thought it's a weird play of not doing something with that instead make them this police officer who's more concerned with the greater good which you know i I give him some props it might not be the greatest thing in this thing but i don't know even the stuff with did you get a lot of like smiles or feels with the thor gwen when you go there because just like "Eh, there's nothing there again i i feel like i've seen every combination of two marvel heroes squished together over and over again so one more is not going to make me excited and maybe that's the thing maybe when i said you know the joke 2016 or maybe 2008 whatever it would be but maybe that's the case maybe this is a book that's kind of the time has come and gone here with with this stuff and it's kind of getting a little old and they seem to not know exactly what to do with this character because she was spider gwen and then they made her ghost spider The, the book used to be called ghost spider yeah but now this one is called spider gwen but in the book, they call her Ghost Spider, so they don't even know what they want to do with the character. It seems, but they, and they're, so they're taking it in this very—it feels very YA, right? We have this this teenager needs to, you know, come to terms with her own personality, and the art is very YA, and it's just it's just kind of hand wavy and confusing. Yeah, YA written by what uh, I would guess is you know a forty-two year old man. I just—it's it's just weird. Tim Seeley, I don't know was the greatest pick for this and it's a little clunky it's it's okay there's nothing inherently awful or bad about it It just didn't get me it's it's very it's just there and heavy-handed but what would you give it by the end yeah i uh, all that together it's probably about i'll give it a six okay yeah i think i'm you a know, six it's, as well it's not horrible but it's it's not something i would go back to 
on my own. And and we'll see. Well, they, this is one of those books. If if we have a big week of books, this is either lightning round or off. I just it's not that intriguing to me. And by the end of this, you you should be thinking, oh my god, I want to see these other here. I want to see what's going on. Oh my god, you know you you have the when that's the night oh but nothing i just at the end i'm like all right i'm done let's move on and and that's kind of yeah. the deal i was kind of interested in the nighthawk when until i found out actually she's not new and i kind of got less interested like oh that's it was from the oh, that's kind of weird. oh no that's that's already been done well, speaking of done segway we're gonna move to, oh, remember when everybody go. thought that segways were gonna be like everybody in our, like everybody's got a segway <laughs> oh my it's like the idea of rocket cars as a kid We'll have the flying cars, and it was going to be the segue was going to completely change the entire world. Uh, it didn't. I'm telling you, maybe Not it so did much. for the worst. Yeah, they were going to. They said they were going to. Cities are going to be redesigned Holy around moly. this new mode of transportation. Everything. Uh, I really thought, I'm like, get me off this crazy segue, Jane. That's what I'd yell. I never. Did you ever try a segue? I never have. No. For a while there, they were used for like uh, city tours. Like you go to a new city, and it'd be like a tourist thing. You drive around and see the hurt. sites, but. As my I guess. almost I almost signed up for one of those once, and I guess it was San Diego or, or the San funny Francisco. Thing, the but. funny thing with me now, I had a Wii, a Nintendo Wii, but all the videos for the Wii were always people smashing their television. Like you, oh my god, I'm playing the tennis. Oh no, <laughs> right, my right. TV. Every segue thing, use that wristband. every segue thing I saw were people uh, going completely horrible. This guy into the bay. That person, a lot of times I saw him in the house, it's spinning. Yeah, I think it was that the president was riding one and forgot to turn exactly. it on and fell over. Yeah, it fell and over. And then like, the, guy who, the guy who invented it went off the cliff on one, <laughs> That's I think. That's what I'm it was not, It's the greatest. Not good PR. It, funny, we, we were about to segue to a new book, and then we kind of stamped all over that. Yeah, by that's what we're doing. Segways. I'm telling you, I love it, though. <laughs> and, and I also saw people on a hoverboard. They That ended up bad as well, but... We are ending a book here. Uh, thank God. Uh, this book is weird. It's Hawkeye Kate Bishop. You're going to give us the credits and stuff in a minute. But with this book, where you, we when we, I don't know. Did, didn't you like it better when it was completely wacky and didn't make any sense? It drove me nuts. But it was it was something different to me than it just kind of got generic by the end this, of my it, mind. Yeah, this last issue is, I think, more of an actual story than most of the other things, but not a. It's not, not a very good one. fun. And there, there's still. There's still some weird things. I don't even know what the hell's going on at points. I I want you to tell me, by the time we get to the end, where do the robes come from? I I don't know where anything comes or goes. It's just ridiculous, but you give us the credits. Okay. So, it is written by Marie K. Nykamp. It lists the inkers first, which is odd. Inkers, Oren Jr. and Roberto Poggi. Penciler, Enid Balam. Colors by Brittany Peer and Rochelle Rosenberg. And letterer VCs Joe Caramagna. So we've got Kate Bishop, private investigator, dog lover, former young and West Coast adventure, best Hawkeye. Eh. For all investigatory and or arrow-related needs, please reach out to Hawkeye Kate Bishop. So we get, instead of a real recap, we get a peek at Kate's phone with her messaging app, which we've seen before. But I don't think this makes sense. I don't either. I didn't even read it. Because we're <laughs> no. seeing it from... We're seeing it from Kate's phone because her messages are on one side and everybody else's messages are on the other. So this is Kate's phone. Yeah. And so she's getting messages from Cassie and from America. And then sent back from her phone, it says, this is an automated message. The number you are trying to reach has been disconnected, which is not how texts work. No, it's just, I'm, I'm telling you, it's just nonsense. And I'm telling I didn't even, I, I have think. You, uh, have you ever gotten a text back? You text somebody and. The phone is broken, so you get an automated text back saying they didn't get no, the text. No, the only thing that no, I'll just, get, yeah, it just, it just disappears. disappears. But with that, 
the series, and I like Kate. Now, the idea of the idea for any Arrow-related needs, please reach out to. I'm telling you, for any Kate Bishop-related needs, there's a lot of other books you can read. I would start with the Young Avengers, which is really good. Even the West Coast Avengers stuff with well, Kelly I mean, Thompson. They I do like set too. up a sequel at the end, so maybe there's another one coming. Not, not for I'd me. Avoid I will this. not be reviewing yeah, I, I wouldn't sequel. really. I would not really read this if you're that big of a Kate Bishop fan. It's very convoluted. It's tough to follow. You are pulling in things from back in the uh, Fraction Aha run, but not really doing them well or even spelling that out very well. Into that's the main villains, you know, the Cirque, the evil, the deal, but never really felt that nefarious because we were always behind of what the hell is going on and what are you doing? And then this one just completely just goes to the Bishop Manor where they're going to go and things just get wonky. What is the time frame here? Is the manor just like a block away from the hotel? Are they in the same neighborhood? It looks like, I mean, the... The the Bishop sisters are still soggy from having jumped into the pool, so it's got to be pretty recent. The phone's all broken, which because it went into the pool, which I don't know. I think most phones these days are a little waterproof, especially if you're a superhero. But now, so the next scene, they're standing outside the gates of the Bishop Mansion, right? Right in front of the gates. We see the gates are open. We see dudes in suits looking straight out at them. We see drones in the air clearly observing them. But then the people, and then we have America and Stinger show up and have this whole reunion right in front of the just gates. Right in front of the gates. You know, just kind of hanging around, chit-chatting, having a little joke. But the people inside don't know they're there. We see a shot of a guy looking at security cameras. And, oh, they have no pre- prepare for that Arrow Girl to show up. But she's she's there already. Why is nobody going out and just, I don't know, shooting a gun at Yeah, doing something. And the idea that the security was set up uh, earlier, but it's just regular security, and then these guys must have come in and took in this that's house. The thing. Was the, Nobody was, there, was the house completely. This is a mansion. There should be, you know, servants. I think they're all there dead. Staff. But they didn't show it, so you end up with all this, and even have you know, Susan's like, well, you know, I have gates and we have security. Well, what happened to them? What what went on? And they go there, and these guys are just standing there, letting them have a reunion. They go in, and basically, I like the idea where you get almost like a clue. Type game with yeah, that's a neat page. We see the cutaway. They don't really use the layout in the story, but we see the cutaway and we see the, the plan for where people are going to go as little game pieces. And that's that's a neat conceit. It's, it's like neat, but with that, all you're going to do is go into the house, start fighting until you end up having the the ringmaster that I still want to go with ends up getting the sliver. Of the Cosmic Cube deal And then everything starts mm-hmm. bending the Reality Stone Deal and it starts bending the reality But in a way that's just It's just a visual deal and it's not even that and Visually the, interesting the, the fight the fight with Fifi doesn't really Make sense either Does So Stinger's there Does, does Stinger ride on Arrow? And I don't know because I don't know why she would do she that doesn't because need Fifi to. She doesn't fly. know Stinger's there Exactly. She could fly right next to her and then it's quick. she gets real big and embiggens and, and grabs Fifi and, and flicks her unconscious with a finger. But we had this whole bing and the bang and the boom and I don't know why. But once again, we see Fifi here. Fifi's in a regular spandexy kind of skin tight villain outfit and she's unconscious. And then the whole world starts going bendy, reality warping. If we're going to do reality warping, I think the art should be Better. Yeah, it's not great. It's just kind of, it's not great. It's just, okay, so we've got some pictures and frames and it's bent 
it looks like everything's and, just like let's just end this because you have some yeah. some idea like it could be cool where and even that the reality bending is just like it almost feels like this issue wants to give you that deal yes kate has learned that her sister might not be so bad maybe family is something yeah. not so bad again but. it's the the ya learn to accept your own character lesson again because the reality uses like versions of her family saying mean things about her but that's just what it devolves into and why it doesn't make why do they care they're getting a reality stone and and getting a sliver of this deal and going off why do they care about you know that what because you end up where fifi even's like i just wanted to learn to be like you because you were me okay you're done then we go into this warping deal and it's just like look at you nobody like like what is your end game here you have something a little more powerful than the pretty much do it's, like this cranking super cliche. It's so it's yeah, just the it's whole nothing. it's very cliche. And it's not even it's not doing the cliche even well. It's just kind of, oh, you know that thing that always happens? Yeah, that always happens here too. Don't worry yeah. about it. Yeah. And so at the okay. end, I'm gonna tell you, the end just ends. It ends with, you know, oh, the family's gonna win out, done. I don't even know what yeah. really happened or what goes by on. Pizza dog. Pizza dog comes so in, part I, of the I family. Guess Right, so yeah, we saw that uh, ringmaster lady had that bracelet of all her little things she stole. She's put the reality fragment on that bracelet. Uh, okay, and so Pizza Dog runs in and kind of grabs the stone off, and so we see then Stinger, America, stop her, and Stinger and America are like two and five feet away from from Ringmaster. So these two superheroes should be able to catch her pretty easy. I guess there's still some warping reality things kind of in the yeah, way. Yeah, they are in the way, but... But she escapes. She's got three superheroes, plus a dog, no weapons, and she managed to run away to be in the next sequel. You end up having that, but also the other rings are up. But the, the funny thing, and just as an aside, because this is, it's not great. You end up where Pizza Dog jumps to grab the bracelet, right? That's the big thing. Get the sliver. As that's go, why is Kate leaping in the air and doing a somersault? She is upside down. <laughs> I have that in my nose. She, she, why is she doing this? For, for no damn there is reason. no reason. Because the artist felt like There's no reason. Like, I even went back and I'm like, <laughs> did she have to avoid something? Nothing. She ends up leaping no. in the air upside down to shoot an arrow as she if she like needs to do it. Break dancing. Yeah, it's the helicopter. like, what is she doing? Like the idea, this is why <laughs> I'm telling you, this is why she gets away. This is why the villain gets away. They're all doing their doopsie doos and their loop de loops. <laughs> and they end up uh, it's so ridiculous. They've got all the bad guys tied up. All, all the bad guys, but now they're all wearing like culty monk I don't even know what's going on. Where did they come from? I, I don't I, I've know. All the way back through this issue, last issue, they have never worn robes. Everything is and off. Even Fifi, when they knocked Fifi out, she was not wearing a robe. Maybe they got. Now the, they, maybe they were. I cold. guess they they put the robe on her, and there must be must be slankets, and they put the slankets on the bad guys because you know. They're nice. And really, anybody who wears that is a bad guy in my <laughs> mind. But you end up where, at the end, like you said, like this is the cult. Like every, we've said it all along. We've said it a bunch of issues. The art and the, the script, they're not hand in hand. I mean, the idea no, that they're they changing. There's no back and forth communication. It, it must have been a handoff and then nobody read it and they just, ah, publish Robes, it. jumping in the air and somersaults. I, I did like the pizza dog stuff at the end. It doesn't make any sense. But it made me laugh. Where pizza, they they let Pizza Dog keep the fragment, the Reality Stone, because why wouldn't you? 
He's playing with it. He's chewing it. And what is he making? Well, he's making pizza and he's making squeaky toys. Yeah, that's all he's doing. And, and tennis balls, piles and piles. Makes me laugh. And I also love that there was there was there was no land shark here. No land shark. I was happy yeah, about that. Yeah, really. Yeah, that that just does feel a lot like a, a Kelly Thompson deal as well, too. But yeah, you end up having that. Everybody's going and they're like, oh, we did it. I guess that I have to trust my sister a little more. And oh, my God, this is a new chapter for Yeah, we get this this pointless sisterly heart to heart wrap up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. And then at the end, you know, everybody, it feels like at the end you are ending just some kind oh, of then, a young adult kind of a sitcom. Where everybody's yep. probably and cheering. The other, the other heroes are surprised that Susan has a, a driver. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, they they met the driver because yep. he was still there at the gate, and also they're in what a giant fucking mansion. Of course, anybody who has a mansion this tall will have a driver. And then we see the mansion on the last page is apparently in the middle of New York. I mean, City, this thing is probably a trillion dollar mansion. I mean, look at this thing in New York City, and they're like, "I bet you have." I'm surprised it's like, like I bet you have some of that high end. You know, boar's head that lunch meat. Like, what, what do you think? <laughs> they go, I bet no, you have. We don't, buy, we don't buy name brand. How do you yeah, think we really? Got this I, yeah, really? Right. I, I, I bet you have a hot tub and a movie theater. Well, we do. Oh, my goodness. And also, our mom was half vampire. They just the shit at the event. Excuse <sighs> my French. But... Your sofa reclines? Yeah. Oh, my wow, goodness gracious. Craziness. You have cable television? <laughs> Holy moly. I can't believe that you have Disney+. Plus. Oh, my God. It costs so much. What? You got the bundle with Hulu and ESPN? Oh, I get it now. <laughs> that is smart. That's how you got so rich. Oh, my goodness Ugh. gracious. Kate says, "Guess that." But yeah, yeah. On, on that last page, they also say, "Oh, they took out to Eli. Oh, and they found a, there's, he's found this nonprofit <laughs> yeah. in Arizona with these weird encrypted documents about a sketchy relapse lab." But so clearly, this is sequel bait. I can't imagine no. that sequel is ever going to happen. I I don't know what the sales are on this, but they they can't they be can fantastic. Be You're so rich that you got all the tie-ins to both King and Black and War of the Realms. I can't believe it. <laughs> it's like 280 issues. How could you do it? This is who's buying all those variants. Exactly. Covers. You it's got all the all, bishops. You got all 52 variants of the new Punisher. I can't believe it. Oh my goodness, <laughs> crazy. What do you give this? I know what I'm giving. Oh, uh, I was gonna give it a four. <laughs> but then the pizza dog made me laugh, so I give it a 4.5 out of I'm 10. I'm actually more positive than you. I'm just giving it a straight up 5. 5 is what I'm giving straight up for this, but yeah, it's not, not great. A good it's book. not great at all. It really isn't. And, and a lot of these issues this week I have problems with, but this one, I'm just glad it's done. We, we you know, went through the whole thing. We talked about every issue, so we're done with we it. Did. We did every our work. One. We did our work. It's done. I didn't even... And I remember being kind of interested in the first one. Like, oh, maybe this well, could be we had fun. Ghost it's a Kid. character I don't know too much about. It's got a we had Ghost Kid. Yeah. We had a new writer. Every time there's a new writer, hey, maybe it'll yeah, be great. Yeah. And alas it was not. Yeah. But we're gonna go off now and we have an ad this segment, I don't think, since me and you started together on mm-hmm, the podcast because we have some mail. Yeah, 
Yes, and if you want to be part of the Ooh, mail, yes, if you want to be part of the mail, email us in at weirdsciencemarvelcomics at gmail.com. And yeah, we haven't had mail in a while. And this one does include a question for you, Jason. So it's from a Tim. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And Tim and so. This is brand new. I have no preview. I have no nope, idea what I this is. I don't send be. things to anybody. It's not anything that crazy. So it's a multiple choice. Uh, but it's Tim who oh, says, no. Dear fellas, love that you're doing more and more books and that Jason is keeping Jim on schedule and focus. Is he? Is he really? <laughs> is that what I'm you're doing? keeping okay. me on schedule? Jim mentioned that Jason is a bird watcher a couple times, so I wanted to know which of the following birds you are more a fan of. So there's four birds you have to mm-hmm. pick which one. Mm-hmm. Number one, Sam Wilson Falcon. Number two, okay. Prince Voltan, the leader of the Birdmen and Flesh Gordon. Number three, oh, yeah. Larry Bird. Brian Blessed looking yeah, Larry Bird of the Celtics. Or uh, number four, the Roadrunner. Which is your favorite bird of all this? I know which mine is, but that's, you know. I I love the old Buck Rogers show as a kid, and Prince Voltan, this big, burly, hairy, Brian Blessed looking fella, he was great. Yeah, so you, Fantastic. Larry Bird's my favorite there. Uh, so there you go. You you like Prince Voltan, and since Jim probably feels left out, which I do, and it's not really proper for people to send Buck in. Rogers you said Flash Buck Gordon. Rogers. Flash I was going to say anything. I love Buck Rogers though. Oh my god! That Buck Rogers had a different bird guy, but yeah, he, was, he, did. he was not Prince. Voltaire. I didn't like that bird. I always guy. get those crossed. I didn't over like my the head. bird guy in Buck Rogers. I didn't like the way that they made him look like more of an eagle on his head. It he was he out. was very serious. Yeah, he, he was, was. Oh, kind of Sam the Eagle. Yeah, really. Uh, in that though, anybody the episode where Aaron Gray, who played Wilma, ended up being a vampire. Holy moly, that is the sexiest television show ever. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Holy moly. Oh, I remember that. Erin Aaron Gray, uh, she was something. She had that red what satin was she outfit in. in. She was, she was, was she in like the Fall Guy yeah, or something? Yeah, she was in something, was in not Fall Guy. That was Heather Locklear. No. How dare you? I think oh. that was. No, that was T.J. Hooker. Maybe I'm getting them all mixed up. But listen, we're talking about things again. What are we, Tim Sealing? And, and again, I do feel <laughs> left out. That's why I had to mention Erin Gray. But says, since Jim probably feels left out, uh, once asked me, who's my favorite member of Black Pig? Silver Spoon. Okay, yeah, she was. That's what she, she was actually secretary in that, and then the love interest. And the, of she the dad. wasn't the fall guy. I was okay. Right. You were. I was thinking of the uh, T.J. Hook. Uh, but he wants to know who my favorite member of Black Pink is, and then says, "I also listen to DC podcasts where you mention Black Pink a lot more." My uh, bias, as we say, being blinks is Rose. Most people would know that, right? How could you not know? That Rose is my bias in Blackpink and has been. Clearly not following you on Twitter or in Slack if they don't know that Rose is your bias. That Rose is my bias. In fact, just as an aside, I ended up posting in the Slack a little Blackpink picture that I made last night while I was making dinner. I was very proud of it. I don't know if you saw it. I'm sure you did. Oh, I did. Did you of get that it was supposed to be the shape of a heart, the way that I made it? Because that's what I ended oh, up doing. I don't think I picked up you on that. You have to look no. at it again. Tanya claims I saw it that she a saw it. together. Yeah. It looked like like in, in high school when the girls would cut out exactly. their, their favorite heartthrobs and the tiger, tiger beat and, yeah. and put them all in there. And they're locked there's in, Rob kind of all Lowe. scale. There's that, yeah, there's all that. That's what it was. And you like the collage stuff, so, I, you know, you should like it. <laughs> and says, thanks and keep up the great work. Love the podcast. From Tim. That's the quick mail Thank there. You, Thank Tim. you, Tim. And, yes, you are a fan of Prince of all time. I like the Larry Bird because he's a trash talker. Uh, but with all that, we're going to go off and we're going to finish up with three more books, books that are a little more, more important. 
but we'll do that in just a sec. And we are back, and we're back. Like I said, we have three books. I almost said two. We have three books here, big books. We are back. Yes. Thank Freya, it's Thor's Day. Oh, my goodness. It is Thirsty Thor's Day, I hear, but that's over at <laughs> I wonder if a lot of the Marvel fans and readers, if they don't read, DC realized that uh, in the Wonder Woman book, you had Thor saying it was mm-hmm. Thirsty Thor's Day. Nonsense. It's just going to get me <laughs> mad here. Yeah, I mean, this is this an air. Ancient Norse god, he is open for use. He is. So he's there. It's just the Thirsty Public Thor's domain. Day. It's just nonsense. But this is Thor number 23. It's the God of Hammers finale. And you end up having it written by Donny Cates, art by Nick Klein, colors by Matt Wilson, letters and designed by VCs Joe Sabino. Uh, neither the Warriors of Asgard nor Earth's Mightiest Heroes have been able to overpower this Molnir that ended up being the personification of that to protect his family and friends. Thor called upon his Midgardian birthright, the powers of his birth mother Gaia, only for Odin to sacrifice himself to transfer the Odin Force to Thor as well. Now the God of Hammers must face an enraged Thor and the power of the Thor Force. They, these issues are always pretty quick. There's some big things happening. At one point, it pretty much is, hey, Let's take this thing to Mount Doom and throw it the hell in. <laughs> it's almost like you have the whole fellowship of the deal going. We start and it off just... with, the, with a flashback to like baby Thor. Not quite baby, but adolescent Thor when he was, and he was he was kind of crappy at this whole hammer thing. He was still yeah, getting he was used to, to figure it out. He couldn't catch it. It was going to smack him right in his stupid face, and Odin has to save him. And the big thing is Odin keeps telling him, keep your eyes open, boy, which is that's the big line. We're going to get over and over again. Here's the deal. If you're a dad and you have, you know, kids, if you try to teach them, say, baseball or football, you Mm -hmm. throw the football, they're always closing their eyes. I I yell at them. Look it. And if you're like me, a horrible father, what you do is you say, stand there. You hit them with the ball real hard and then say, it's (laughs) never going to hurt that much. So stop it. Stop your nonsense. (laughs) I actually, the the one that's actually not what I did. The one thing that I had problems with with my oldest son, I'd throw him a football and he'd jump in the air for no reason. Like every thing was jumping and i'm like you don't have to jump so i i had to just sit <laughs> but and it see looks him cooler when yeah you yeah catch i mean you should see him he's jumping then he has to reach down so i said to him just pretend that you know your feet are concrete and they're stuck just let's play this out just do this and that because he couldn't catch because he's jumping in that arms eric does that too from the dc deal also crosses his arms in a way that you're like when do you ever cross your arms when you're oh, catching no. something i'm like stop it but that's kind of the deal and it's a nice deal this is as guardian father and son teaching things and it does show you a little softer side of Odin here and that that's nice especially after mm-hmm. he ended up sacrificing himself because of all the things that have gone on are his mistakes so you do see you know that that little deal going on but in the present Odin for Thor is just attacking Molnir or at least you know the storm there and she's Getting beat up. I mean, it's this issue in the part of Molnir themselves ends up feeling a little quick after all that buildup. Oh, things yeah. Like right, that. right now, these these bad guys, they have, it counts two bad guys, Mjolnir and Mangog, they're, they have no resistance. They have nothing left. Thor just manhandles them. Yep. And then ends up like breaking his sword because, again, he has the Odin force. He's going against Molnir at that point, but even going against Mangog and then ends up calling out for Sif. I need your sword, and that gives the Bifrost. And that's a big deal where this is where I said it gets like almost like Mount Doom and the Fellowship of the Ring because you end up having this boom, and they, they teleport. The Bifrost takes them all. First, he ties them up in the rainbow. 
and then they teleport off to uh, is, where is it? Nadavilir. Nadavilir. That, that place, the, the dwarf place where they make the. That's where the they hammer. make it. The forge is there, and again, that's the Mount Doom as they go with this and basically say, you know, it's it, it kind of play the weird play here with Donny Cates. I think is the idea that I I think at the end I feel bad. A bit because it was Odin's fault All this happened and this was At one point remember I just wanted to Look at the stars I was just there and Got grabbed so to to stop this It's a heavy heavy Retcon to say that Mjolnir This whole time these decades And decades of Thor history the whole time Mjolnir was just pissed Off being trapped in the hand yeah yeah And so with this though there's not even Any sort of like hey It wasn't really your fault let me make This better Odin was not just I'm gonna pound the crap out of you into the forge, and you're gonna be done. And does yeah, so, so to I the guess point, yeah. is, this doesn't seem to. Fr- I thought maybe we just free Mjolnir and you know go be whatever storm in the universe is going thought. to be, but no, it seems that Mjolnir is just now dead. Yeah, they have not. Yeah, come I, to I guess any so terms is Man God's spear. Yeah, yeah, it no. seems like they're done. As well as the hammer just gets destroyed, almost like the idea, you know, everything's going down. The hammer breaks yeah, he apart. hammers it to pieces, and then he falls asleep, I guess, using too much Odin force, makes it go into the Odin nap time. Yeah, yeah, I think that he overdid it. It's like one of those things, like an adrenaline rush, and then all of a sudden, the fight's over, and he's like, holy crap, I'm tired. Well, it was, he, got, he got warned before that if you use too much yeah. Odin force, you're going to fall asleep. And he did for four months. He ends up, you know, done. And... uh with that, though, I saw some people. A lot of people aren't liking the store run. I like it enough. I like that. But Donny Cates does always come in and wants to change things. He wants to put his stamp on everything with the idea of grabbing stuff from old, turning it into new. And it's clever at points. But this is really a big retcon in this. At the end, when we get to it, and we're almost at the end, the idea of Mjolnir continuing on is slightly different. It doesn't really change anything. Is and it, then, But is it still Mjolnir? Are we still going to call the hammer Mjolnir? I, I don't think, think that we can. You, I think they will. I think that they'll I mean, eventually. That. I don't think this change is going to stick, but I don't see how, like, the next issue we can call the hammer Mjolnir. I think Donny Cates has got to call it something else. They end up putting it together, the pieces, because Angela is the one who seems to do it. And he, he, Thor gets up out mm-hmm. of his nap and he's like, oh, my God, I feel bad Odin's dead because, again, they have to go with that. And they're like, well, he's dead to us, too. We care about it. We're going to have a funeral. But Angela says, you know, meet me in the armory. I got something for you. And they ended up putting together the armor. It has the pieces. Yeah, it, you see. it looks like I don't know if you've ever seen there's like a, a Japanese ceramics thing where if ceramics break, they put it back together with little bits of gold. There's a I don't know what the name of that is, but that's that's what it looks like because we see the pieces of the hammer. With this glowing golden stuff all holding it together. You almost make it, it makes it seem like it's like lava even, but I think it's just like you said, this gold deal. And yeah, there it is. And I, I like that Angela says, yeah, you know, the, the idea of this is we're not that great. We're not the dwarves. I mean, we're not great. So we put it together, but you can see, I think it looks cool. Kint, kintsugi, that's what okay, it's called. Kintsugi. Kintsugi. So with that, there's no power coming from it. This is not anything that's powered up. It's, it's just, just a hammer. hammer. It's just a bunch of, you know, parts of old Mjolnir put together. You can hammer in the evening, you can hammer in the morning, all over the land, but it's still just a hammer. But you end up with this whole thing. He goes to, and he doesn't want to, ri- you know, it's weird because there's no worthiness, whatever you would think, but he's, he's kind of scared to pick it up. It just seems like something, okay, let's go, and ends up praying to his father, all these, and keeps hearing. When he woke up from the sleep, he heard his father's voice. You know, mm-hmm. keep your eyes open, do this and whatnot. And then he gets down 
and prays and I'm so lost. I don't know what to do. My path, all these things. And then it seems like his dad says to him, keep your eyes open, boy. And a king can't roll from his knees. These are things that he said. It seems to be coming from the hammer. Yeah, I think that his, yeah. Is Odin's ghost now what's replacing Mjolnir to power the hammer? And the thing that gets me is I don't mind the idea of an Odin force doing that, but that was already transferred to Thor. Does he still have that? Does he end up when he passed out or whatever so. with that? He should. But you don't get any indication of this that he still does. And the idea, like, again, Odin Force powering the hammer, I think that's pretty cool. And maybe Dad can give him a little advice and stuff. Just nonsense. But I think that there is something there that might be a cool deal. Like I said, 10 years from now, it's just Molnir. And you'll just have them doing things, and then maybe it'll come up occasionally. But it's clearly Donny Cates trying to do something big, changing the whole mythos of Thor. But I, it doesn't feel like it's going to stick. I could be wrong, but I, I can't imagine years down the road. No, and the problem I have with it, not a problem, but the thing like you're saying is, at this point, and I'm just asking you people listening, at this point, when Donny Cates does something like this, do you just end up going, oh, well, there he goes again. It, it doesn't feel as big anymore yeah. because he keeps doing yeah. it. And then we see most of the time, eh, this sticks, this doesn't, that's kind of there, whatever. So by the bit of this, it's almost like Jason Aaron when he ended up saying in the Fist of Conchu deal, in the Avengers deal, the Age of Conchu, where it's made of Oru. So it can affect Moon Knight. Cool in that one page of the story, but it kind of gets pushed aside. And a lot of the Donny Kate stuff, I think that it's like, again, it's one of those things where you go too big too often and then it kind of just becomes passe. And I'm afraid that some of these things are starting to become passe where you see it. This should be huge. Mm -hmm. This should be something we go on Twitter and people are either mad. Yeah, it it should be headlines, but I don't think anybody cares. Like, oh, yeah, here we go again. Seriously, just as a dig, Screen Rant will probably have a story about it in three months. (laughs) They're always behind with them stories. (laughs) Take that, Screen Rant. Uh, But, yeah, they'll have something. You showed them. They'll have something in a couple weeks. Uh, Yeah, so at the end, I'm like, all right. But even then, like you said, the big things aren't the spectacle here. It's what is going to go? Like, how does this move on? Is it called Monier anymore? Is it the Odin Force? Is it just Odin? Is it something else? Is it God? And we don't know that yet. So when it does happen with this, it's just like, all right, whatever. And then you end up having next, we get the 750th issue of Thor, and you have somebody's dying on a funeral. But this is where, when I heard things coming up, this was the big thing they were pushing. Who's going to die? A lot of people are, are worried that it's Beta Ray Bill, I heard. But mm-hmm. nobody knows. And in this, I actually see Beta Ray Bill. Yeah, he's in the he's there. The one press release they had did not have a minute. I think that that's why this one has it. So, or is this just, it's Odin. I mean, that's all it is. So I, but they say, they say in this book that there was no body. I know. Odin. I, maybe it's just going to be like his. Again, yeah, I don't to know. Cover, covers lie. But we know in that. that, we know. And just to go even further with it, there is Thor with the hammer raised up. And I don't see the little gold, you know, thing. So, but that's just covers. So we'll see. But overall. Yeah, I mean, an- anniversary issues often have kind of out of context. Not out of continuity, but out of current continuity kind of stories, and this could be that. When you ended up having the first press release picture, they even made the person bur- – because I guess it was the swerve to not know it was Odin or what. It looked like Beta Ray Bill even being burned, and so I did see a lot of people getting upset, but we'll but see. There, I mean, there's big names in this. I mean, Donny Cage and Nick Klein, of course, but 
J. Michael Straczynski, Dan Jurgens, Walter Simonson, Al Ewing, Jason Aaron. Big sword, yeah. guys. So, yeah, there's a big thing coming up, and it's, again, it's the 750th issue. That's pretty cool. So we'll deal with that when it does come up. But what do you give this issue? I give this book, I mean, I feel like it, sh- it doesn't feel as big as it wants to be. It's not a bad issue, but it's trying to be bigger than it, it's really succeeding at. So I give this a 7.5 out of 10. I'm going to assume 5 as well. And I really like this store run more than a lot of people that I see. And yeah, just like I said, it, it's like passe. I kind of roll, not roll my eyes because it's big stuff, but I just like. It's just kind of oh, a shrug. Well, yeah, no, eh, there it yeah. is. And, and so with that too, Donnie Cates has a thing. And it, it happens a lot of times at the DC with some of the newer Tom Taylor issues where. It's supposed to be big, but things go by so damn quick that by the end, you're like, did I get them? And then you kind of, okay, I got big things, but it was so quick and, and kind of rushed even at points. But yeah, there you go. Some vibe. We'll go to the next book, which is one that me and you have butt heads on uh, quite some bit. Uh, what is it? What is it? It is Venom number six, which is Too Late for Heroes part one, which I guess is going to be like the first issue in the next trade. And this is written by Ram V, penciled by Brian Hitch, inked by Andrew Curry and Wade Von Grawbadger, best name in comics, colors by Alex Sinclair and Peter Pentazis. Letters by, of course, VCs Clayton Cowles. Though Eddie's body was destroyed, his consciousness survived and arrived at Meridius's garden at the end of time. Meridius is also a king in black, like the many other symbiote-clad beings who inhabit his garden. And Meridius has plans for Eddie. Dylan and the symbiote... Oh, plans for Eddie, Dylan, and the symbiote. Terrible plans that he's been setting in motion all across the time stream. And after spouting, sprouting a wicked toothy grin and a long slimy tongue, Meridius has sworn that at the end of it all, he will be Venom. Which is kind of the last we hear about Meridius for this whole issue, but yeah, Yeah, and we come out, you know, the Al Ewing deal before, and we come into this, and we get back to Dylan... I, I don't know. I, in this issue, number one, I thought that Dylan's voice was completely off. Didn't feel like him, but maybe that's the influence of the symbiote and him bonding with it at points. But I just didn't get the full deal. Plus, it's Ram V and Ram V, like Al Ewing, they're a great combo because they just drive me nuts with their narration boxes. It's mostly done narration. And when I jumped into this, I was a little confused of where we were. Because I forgot that Dylan, they're on the road. Dylan, Symbiote, you know, you end up having Sleeper. They're, right. they're on the, the road. At the end of their story, because we had an issue that was all all Eddie. Yeah, so yeah. So now we're coming back and resetting with Dylan and reminding us that, yeah, he and Sleeper tore up Os- the Oscorp building there. Where he was captured. Yeah. We're getting the narration from uh, Liz Allen, who is now in charge of that, and she is lying. She knows she's lying, and I don't know if this is her diary or just her thinking to herself, but she's telling the world that the symbiotes just attacked out of nowhere when we know that she had, you know, kidnapped Dylan and they were just rescuing. But she sees this and sees all these symbiotes are, they're too dangerous. They have to be stopped, even though we have to lie about it. And so she's hooking up with Senator Crane's symbiote task force. Yeah, yeah. And you end up seeing that suit deal and all that, and you go from there. And then we just go off to Baywater and Modesto, California, where you go to a biker bar where Dylan is holed up. Yeah, we have a time jump. And so I guess they're on the road. And it, it really, like I, I told you through Slack, it, it seems like an old 70s or 80s hour-long action show where every episode is like they kind of went down the road to a new town and got involved in that town's troubles. Very much like the Hulk or, you know, the A-Team even. 
a thousand of these shows where this point, uh, Dylan has taken up residence, or at least temporarily, in uh, this bar owned by this bald biker dude named Jake. Yeah, I thought his name was Brian Azzarello. He looks a little like oh. him. He does look like him. But the thing that I get, though, and I, I understand the concept and I understand, you know, the deal, like I said, and you said the, the hope, you know, at the end, old Banner goes out, he puts his thumb up. They're going to go to the next town, see what the next adventure goes. Mm-hmm. I don't Sad really, I plays. don't really need it here. I, I end up where I'm not even involved. Like, I want to get involved in this book. And then it seems and this is what Ram V himself does a lot he did in the swamp thing book and again i'm not going to tell you that it wasn't widely popular because it was i didn't like it because the progression of each issue where this issue i felt like we got you know bedlam mentioned you see things like that but most of this you do not need most of this in my mind Mm -hmm. in this issue is just filler nonsense it looks great brian hitch's art's great i do not care about two biker gangs Going no, at it I, and Baywater. I don't mind the idea of a little kind of one shotty or probably two shotty kind of story on the side, but the story itself isn't great. You know, I, I, I don't mind going off to the side, but if we're going to do a side story, I want the side story to be good. And this is just, it feels, again, it doesn't feel like it's taking place in 2022. I don't know, maybe out in the West Coast, we still have, you know, Biker I guess you still have biker gangs like town. this, but it seems like it's just kind of a cliche deal. This other gang runs the town. It's I like mean, Roadhouse. They're, they're, in, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, in, I mean? well, they're in charge of the po- – there's no police around. No. They just, just yeah. don't get it. And so with that, here's the thing, and, and people always argue with me and stuff like that about this, but here's the thing. Just as the concept of the podcast and how we do, we, we read and review most all the books. I mean, not everyone here. We don't do the X books, but the main deal – so with that, if you're only getting Venom, or say you're getting Venom in another book, yeah, you can sit back and relax and like, okay, this is a, a downer, but I, I get the idea. I'm here. I'm a huge mm-hmm. Venom fan. We're doing this in a way that you know we have a lot of other issues and things like that. So when I go and get something like this, it just ends up for me feeling like wasted time. And I will give the you know asterisks. I don't have to buy these issues. We get review copies from Marvel, thank God. So with that. I'm not there saying like, oh, this is a waste of money. But when I do read it, I think of the people who are buying it. It's on their pull list and things like that. And I just I need something for each issue that tells me that it's an important thing, at least even a little. But something to go, oh, my God, I'm glad that I read that. I did not feel at the end of anything that I was glad that I read that, like I learned something or there was a cool character moment. I said, I think Dylan's voice is completely off. This idea, and I don't know, I have no connection to these biker gangs, and I could care less. I'm okay with the idea that in the time jump, something kind of happened, and Dylan's trying to figure out, okay, what is my life now with Venom? And he's trying to be something like a hero. He's trying to help the people around him. He's saying, well, I know Venom wants to do all this violent, violent stuff. I mostly don't, but maybe I can use this to do some good. And he goes about in kind of an immature way where we, we learn there's this other, not Jake's gang, the Renegades. It's the other gang called, oh, what are they called? The Hellhounds. The Hellhounds, yeah. Hellhounds. And they're they're really bad. So he just takes Venom and they bust into their warehouse and beats up all their dudes and I guess breaks all their weapons. Again, and he I thinks think this that, is going to help yeah, the town out. I think out. that all this is is the basic idea of a kid learning that 
If you do some things, there's repercussions. It doesn't end. It makes it worse because now we're going to have a gang war. Oh, yeah. This town is, is, yeah, it's is done. toast. But again, I don't care about the town. I mean, I'm, a, I'm an awful guy. I don't care about these gangs. I don't care. The guy who's supposed to be the good guy, he's just good because he's older and it's like, yeah, let's just let's protect what's ours. And I just the idea of a time jump there is. But how much of a time jump do you think? Because they're still reporting. They're reporting on the TV there. The reporters, what just happened last issue that we saw Eddie in that. So it can't be that much longer. And it never says then and now. So it seems like it's there. So, yeah, maybe a weekend, a week or two, whatever. But the idea that this is just because Ram B wants to tell a story like you don't need. And that's another thing. It doesn't have to be Dylan or a symbiote here. This could be me and you. This could be any. So the idea of having it there, I just think is just nonsense. And it's just a, hey, we're going to go. And if this is what we're going to get, you know, hard traveling symbiotes town Mm -hmm. to town to stop things, I'm (laughs) done because this is not interesting to me at all. I think what they're trying to do. As far as the actual core part is to advance the relationship of Dylan and Venom, how they're kind of at cross purposes. They're trying to figure out, I mean, Eddie and Venom came to some kind of understanding. Dylan and Venom are still working on coming to that yeah. understanding. Oh, I it's, get it. It's still rocking. I think that the, the problem also with me is that this book, I said, it's not really grabbing me yet. So that's just personal. But I'm still kind of. Wondering what the hell's going on overall, especially Meridius. This is not Ram V's thing, but that even gets mentioned at the beginning. So you have that. I am still confused about everything, Liza. So when you do this sort of issue, maybe it's one of those where this should have been issue 14 and not issue 6. And because I'm not really, I don't have my feet planted in of exactly what's going on. And at the end, like you said, mm-hmm. we're, we're saying what we think it might be, this relationship deal, which it, it is. But I'm not at the point where I need something that's so off the, the, the beaten path. I suspect that it also is a timing thing with working out Eddie's story with uh, Al Ewing. There's probably a certain number of issues that has to happen with Ram V before we get the next click forward from the Eddie story. So maybe he thinks, well, I, I can't move. I can't charge ahead because I'll get ahead of. Maybe, and that's so I gotta go, I gotta go off I gotta go off to the side a little bit and kind of do a little side mission and then come on back so we can hook up again. And again, we ended up last week we were talking Moon Knight, right? You get a, a deal, kind of a one shot where you get a new house, you get that, and and I didn't necessarily love that either, but that works better in the Moon Knight book. That's the way that book's set up. When you do it here. Like, at the end, at least a year from now, I could say, oh, remember that when they got the new Midnight Mission building? That seems something happened. At the, a year from now, when I go, hey, remember that biker gang issue? Maybe it'll <laughs> maybe it'll mean something yeah. more later, but it just seems like one of those, like... I don't imagine that this is going to be, like, Jake is not going to join the team. No. We're not going to take him to the next town. We'll, we'll go a little inside baseball here just to make you this is manga teacher to me nobody else will know what that means oh, it's oh. just like oh my god Again, we're going, going on the side you, you I, know i like manga teacher yeah, I know. and you like this more than me i, I suspect in fact uh, the art's I, great. I, know, I like i like manga teacher better than this <laughs> issue people are like what the hell there we manga? go okay how about jeans uh, uh, levi no, jeans no. issue see it's no, the same thing not. this is manga stuff yeah i guess the manga teacher would go but it's uh, about a book, Witch Watch, on our manga podcast. But so by the end, though, you end up having this gang, the Hellhounds, they're pissed off. They're going to take it to uh, the, what, the Renegades. But the Renegades, they don't want to fight. The Hellhounds 
that the leader of the Hellhound does not believe that it was this alien symbiote who took over. So the guy who tells him it was this big monster, he has him bloodily murdered. Here's my deal here. Okay. You end up, I'm glad you brought that up. Now, it's one thing to blame something else, whatever. The way that they play it off seems to be like I I show up and you, I, I, I end up not showing up for the podcast this morning and you end up, what the hell happened? And I said, Bigfoot came, he stole my pants. And he made me eat fruit salad, right? I tell you this, and you're like, really? <laughs> you eat fruit salad? That would be the first part that you'd go. But you right. would say, that does not check you out. You would say, big, but also pants. You'd go, Bigfoot? <laughs> what are you being, an idiot? What are you, there's, stupid? There's like, do you think yeah, I'm yeah. a moron? They just got attacked by the symbiotes, and every, all the world was covered. The, the world had a symbiote case around it. This guy ends up going, oh, don't you tell me <laughs> right. your ghost stories. I'm like no no yeah, no, it, it's it's in the Marvel universe. It's 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 like when people are surprised that a character comes back from the dead. Well, it's the Marvel universe a that week happens ago, all the time. The whole world was attacked by symbiotes. You ended up having you even caught. So when he says, "Please, Ram V, make sure you know what's going on here," because what he should say is, and this would be fine with me. Hey, you guys, mm-hmm. this is the last bit. Don't use these damn symbiotes as an excuse. When you mess up, that's all I needed. The idea that this guy would say, everything, everybody keeps wanting to blame these symbiotes now, and I know it's not that, but he actually plays off like this town never saw anything that went down with King in Black? Holy crap! The whole world was covered in a symbiote case! Yeah, I, I think a lot of us are trying to forget King in Black. It may happened. be, but now I'm getting angry at that guy. I'm glad you brought it up. I needed to get you know, a little loosey-goosey here and get you know my blood flowing. But the idea that Oh, these should be a, what are you, next thing it's the Loch Ness Monsters. You might as well say, no, this is something that is a huge thing. That's what this whole thing is based on, coming out of that. Please stop it. But you end up there where they're going to fight. That's all it is. And you end up where downtown there's troubles. I mean, they don't even want to fight. They want to show they're still in charge. They're basically just they're burning burn the, town the place down. down and people are in trouble. I don't trouble. know that that really does them any good. I mean, if they're, in, if they're kind of running this town and they just burn down their own stuff. No, now they're just there. It'd be funny at the yeah, end. The, he's I, like, the idea is that it, the uh, the uh, renegades don't go out. They don't want to be they're there. They've they learned their lesson. Anything. They're kind of older. They don't want to get involved. But Dylan still wants to be a hero. He thinks that he and Venom can make the world a better place. So he goes down and starts, I guess, we don't see what he does, but he, you know, enters the fray. But he ends up on television and so the whole thing ends up getting blamed on these symbiotes, right? Because, again, this is – we hear what Liz Allen said on TV. You know, you're a threat and a menace, J. Jonah Jameson style. So, of course, even though he's just trying to stop his biker gang, he gets the blame. And we see that some bar somewhere, there's a, a guy in a red hoodie uh, you know, having a drink at the bar and watching this, this on TV – and as we zoom in, we see this is Bedlam. It's Bedlam. As, again, heavy-handed, it's Bedlam down here on the TV. And Bob, then you Bob, see it's Bedlam. Yeah, no, yeah. And so with that, you end up, and the whole deal with this gang deal ends up being to just to point it out that the Renegades, they're not going to go out. We're going to stay here. This is our bar. We're going to stay here. I called you guys in. We're going to protect what's ours. We're not, no war. But in the meantime, the Hell's Rider, who in the hell they're called, they end up where they say they the one guy even at the end says, I don't think it's the renegades. They don't do that. But if we don't do something back at them, we look weak. So we got to take it to them and burn down the whole town. And so that's that idea of Dylan getting his fingers in the pie here has messed things up when there wouldn't have been much problem. 
he ended up causing more of a problem of being a hero. It's it's a cliche thing that we we get all the time. It is almost like the opposite, but kind of the similar concept of I want to save everybody and getting upset when I can't. This is the idea of making things worse by trying to help. But again, I don't need morality tales. Again, I'm really scared that then the next town we're going to go in. And there we're going to find out that you shouldn't look at people's this and you should look in that. I don't need that. I just I want to know more about what's going on with Dylan, the symbiote, Eddie. It's not the place here for Eddie. But still, with this, it's just, all right, let's go be heroes. I, I just Is this the first step of the idea of getting Eddie more involved or not Eddie, Dylan more involved in maybe stepping up and being a hero in other books even as well? But I just I thought that it was heavy handed. I thought that it was nonsense and unnecessary with it, but it's one of those, if you're reading this and only this, or this is one of your favorite deals, and you, know, you could lay back. Like I said, a lot of times that Moon Knight book is driving me nuts because the story isn't progressing as fast, but people love that because they're just there for the book, and I understand that, but I need more story that I think is more big and progressing, especially in a book starting, but what would you give this? Well, uh, I agree that the the biker gang stuff is, Kind of silly and unnecessary. I do like the relationship bit between Dylan and Venom. I think the art is still, again, one of the best looking books Marvel's yeah, putting like out. I like so I think that raises its profile. So overall, I give this a seven point three out of ten. Yeah, I'm a five out of ten, but a lot of that's art too. I just, it's one of those that I just think is unnecessary. And you're getting these biker gangs, and you're going back and forth with my. Obviously, I have no connection to them. And, and they, I just look at him. I'm looking at the guy who's kind of the good guy from the Renegades. I'm thinking, you probably killed like so many people. <laughs> I can't get behind you. <laughs> I don't know why I would get behind you. I'm not a biker gang guy. And so, yeah, by the end of the that, well, downtown, it's Bedlam. What did you say? He's that was, I'm like, that oh, was too heavy. Handed. So heavy handed. But maybe next issue will be. All right, the setup done. Now we get fight because I don't mind that the cover seems to suggest we're going to have a big Bedlam versus Venom fight. Cool. I'll be in for that. But yeah, I, I just need a little more from that. But we're going to end the podcast with a big book here. This is Devil's Reign, part five of six. We're getting close. An ultimate, ultimate issue. issue. This is a big one because of the end of the Electra deal last week where they said that. Matt Murdock will be dead, and this sent you know Electra all upset. So what does that mean? Who How are we it going? Who told Electra that Matt was it dead? It was Goldie, the lawyer friend of theirs. So oh, we'll end right, up seeing his Goldie, connection. Who then we found out was maybe had something else going on. Because remember, she said, "I'm going to go kill that fish." Yep, it's all according to plan. Goldie got real right, nefarious right. there in that. That's, so that's where where Goldie stopped being the gem. Goldie stopped being the gem. At the he moment. was good. Right. He threw a snowball. That Craven gem uh-huh. shows that he's setting up Electra to get viciously murdered, not a gem. Anti-gem. Yeah, there's not a gem. You have the bit gem and then anti-gem, which is the probably wolf the man. wolf man. I don't know. Anti-gem could be this. There's anti-gem. Ooh. This is Devil's Reign Part 506, written by Chip Zdarsky, art by Marco Cicchetto, colors by Marcelo Menez, letters by VCs Clayton Callis. Uh, the Avengers and other superheroes learned that Fisk was using the powers of the Purple Man to manipulate the city and had set his sights on hunting down the Purple Children. Their attempt to bring Fisk in failed after Fisk's ally Otto Octavius, with help from extra-dimensional Autos, the superior Hulk, Wolverine, and Ghost Rider, made his own move to wrest power from the mayor. Now Otto has a stranglehold on the city, and Fisk, scorned by his son and betrayed by his allies, is desperate to be free from the weight of his crushing hatred. 
He's used the purple power to make himself remember that Matt Murdock is Daredevil. And I will tell you that that is really pushing something that I'm not really getting a lot of here of that Fisk is like, oh, my God, everybody's against me and thinks like Fisk is doing Fisk things in my mind. The idea that Otto has all these bots and going around and that's kind of connected kind of in always seemed a little wonky to me but fisk in yeah, my mind i mean he's... Otto, Otto was uh you know really rubbing in fisk's face that you can't control me i you know i've got i've got uh resistance to that and butchie i mean butchie was being a real That's jackass true. to his dad remember that fisk is the mayor of new york city right he's the mayor he said no superheroes he's put the martial law but yet somehow Otto. In that way of you can't control me with the purple. No, no, I can kind of control you because I'm the damn mayor. Mm-hmm. The idea mm-hmm. that it seems like a hit, but they're all working towards Fisk's gain anyway. It's a weird combo there of that I back can, and forth. I can forth see with them. The, with Fisk's character that just the way he grasps at things, he's never satisfied. Oh, that no. Mean, I mean, that's even his case. He's never satisfied. He wants more and more and more. That's his whole physicality. Oh, whatever. He could have 99 perfect things. One little thing that's not going his way is what he's going to focus on. And I think that's what's going on. One of the things in this, but why is he letting Otto send these bots? Because the bots seem to be Otto. The Thunderbolts are Fisk. And I just, it it always seemed a weird play because they just wanted to have these bots flying around. But even in that deal, it says that Otto is kind of going against Fisk. Like, I'm going to do it. It just seemed wonky because of the mayor part of it and allowing that. But it doesn't matter. Because in this, and I think Chip Starsky does a great job, where as he's even talking to people, you'll just get a constant narration bubble that pops up, Matt Murdock. That's all he's thinking of. He does not care about mm-hmm. anything else now. And in fact, he doesn't even care about the damn election anymore. He's like, I don't care. I want Matt Murdock dead. Do you know what we have not seen Oh, I know. The Strom wins. Number one, the Strom wins. Being the president. Doing the whole president thing. Yeah, that got completely shut that's aside. Not, that's not like Chip Zdarsky to just no. leave that. It so isn't. I wonder if that's on purpose or if something went And I worry plan. about the idea, like, if it gets back to that, at this point, I, and this is something that usually I'll get upset about. I'm not going to get upset here because this is in New York City, and it really has always been contained in that. But the idea when you throw president in, and if you're still going to go back to that, like, what does middle America think of Fisk doing what he's doing here in New York City? Mm-hmm. What does it what is the government? What does the actual president and everything going on now think that there is martial law being in New York City with superheroes, bots, things being like you don't get that concept, but I don't think you need to for the most part until you get president stuff. But it, it's like when Gotham City was shut down and separated from the rest of the world and no one. But at least you have the, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Uh, But other times, at least you kind of see some things. But with this, it's just, there you go. And so in this issue. I I think it seems like what's going to come out of this is I'm I'm guessing that uh, Luke Cage is going to be the new man. Yeah, I think because actually. I think that's what they're doing. Yeah, Fisk ends up. Which means Fisk has got to be moved out somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Or if he just gets taken down or he's just back to He's camp. either going to go to prison or he's going to go to the White House. Or he's yeah, okay. going to be kingpin I mean, again. I mean, from the headlines. The big thing is him not being kingpin and being that this may just be the idea that, Butch, you think you're going to do this? You think all these people screw it? I've tried to do the legit way, even though it never was real legit, but he could go back to being heavy-handed kingpin. But he's done some messed up things. So with all this going down, you do have them out trying to get the purple children, all these things going on. But in the meantime, that is not going to play out the way we thought because you said he's given up any idea. All he wants to do is kill Matt Murdock now. All he wants to do is expose all these heroes. 
this election, this stuff, he's just kind of like, eh, screw it. I, I'm not real interested mm-hmm. as much in because everything he thinks, and ta- it's Matt Murdock, Matt Murdock, Matt Murdock, because he now remembers. But they are gathering up the purple he, children. He and- thought he was going to get happiness from being mayor, and he, he even had that. He even got married, and it's still the one little thing that he doesn't have is what is driving him crazy. I, I think that's really what his character is, is that he's always focused on what he doesn't have. And remember when Matt actually, and legit Matt went to him as Daredevil, he said exactly. that to him. He said, you're never going to be happy. You got to, you know, do this, come settle down and just try to be happy once in a while. The big thing in this though, is everything's and all hell's breaking loose. It really is. You have downtown, these Thunderbolts getting abomination. Abomination is just, just destroying everybody in the name of, I love that he has the belt buckle. And it's like the, the wrestling belt that he comes in. And he's just tossing the champions around. And it's cool to see all these characters. But, yeah, they got to get out. Yeah, so, they, yeah, the champions are trying to rescue the purple children. And they got electrocuted by Electro. And I, I hope that not Aunt May Lady is all right because she got zapped, yeah, too. She got I, zapped I, I don't know how well. good her ticker is. Who knows? Uh, and, yeah, you even have, you know, U.S. agent come in. He's obviously on. Oh, he's on the bad side. He's trying to get the children. They're going back. Jessica drew all these, and they, they end up having to run. Uh, Jessica Jones, yeah, They I managed mean. to rescue one of the kids. Ironheart swoops off with uh, Joseph, I think is his name. So the rest of the kids get taken by Fisk, but one of them gets rescued by the Avengers or the, the champions. Or- and so you, you get this deal where you have them working back in the lab, back in this underground deal where Spidey, he's working on this Stark Industries neural disruptor here, and it looks like Ben Riley's suit. So Ben doing this, where Luke Cage, things aren't going well on the campaign trail, but they might get better he, coming he's up. He's drawn as Ben Riley, but it never in the main book, it, they never actually make a point of saying, by the way, it's Ben. In the tie-in issue this week, the Spider-Man tie-in issue, it's obviously very much a beyond story. But in this book, it, it may as well be yeah. Peter. So all this is going down. You have all these attacks. And it, it looks, it's a cool way to show all the heroes you have a bunch of pages you know bad guys good guys all coming in they're all fighting abominations there you end up having doc ock and his crew all going down then you have this big you know whole and the problem is all of the heroes a lot of them are controlled so they're not even just fighting just regular villains and things like that you have a lot of crazy things going on as then because you have this supercharged deal the children all that where you have just, it looks like a zombie invasion at one point. You end up having everybody mm-hmm. controlled. But again, this is not any more of let's control them and be the mayor. This is let's just rip this apart. Let's take down all the heroes. I want them all to die. In the meantime, I'm going to go Burn off. Burn it all down. Right. Kingpin Fisk is going to go and take some down. Kind of a, they call it a control collar on a purple man. I'm not exactly sure what that does. The idea. I mean, because we know it, it's not stopping his power. I actually think, again, if you want to you ask me, I think it's more of like a, a the head bomb in the Suicide Squad. I think it might be one of those where if you get too much, I'm going to blow your head off. I'm going to hit this thing and you're dead because he does threaten him a bit. And then Purple Man just goes up. Hey, I'm going to have some fun here. And so with, with all that, though, you do have that little bit where Butch, Kingpin's son, he ends up, he's Kingpin now, but he wants more and he's going to go. And take out his father. And that's right. where so we have Mike walking into Butchie's office there. And Mike saying, hey, come on. Can we kind of we, our plan? This wasn't the plan. We were supposed to just, you know, make some nice, easy money. But yeah, Butch is so angry. He wants to just take out the mayor. 
And Mike says, that's not true. You know, I, I understand it's not working out the way you have it. I have another idea. Here's my Hail Mary crazy plan. I've got this magic rock, see? And that's what made me real. The Norns. And I could use that to maybe figure something out. And Butch thinks that is the dumbest nonsense. He doesn't want to get involved with any of this superhero crapola. He just that's wants what to he's make against. money and kick ass. And the best right. is, he's saying, basically, he could say, you don't eat fruit salad or wear pants. Like, it's the same thing. Like, he's like, I don't want to get involved in that nonsense. I don't need a stone, a magic stone. I'm doing yeah. my thing now. And also, he has risen through the ranks very quick. And I think that he is, you know, he's power on. But he's, he's his father's son here with the uh, even illegitimate where oh, he yeah. wants everything. And he's, he says, I'm taking down my dad because he got involved in magic stones and nonsense. So screw you. The thing that I like about this, and if people weren't aware, you ended up having the Daredevil Annual. Chip Sadarsky had the Daredevil Annual number one, where we did get Mike Best and the stone the and things like that. It was. It was awesome. And the idea of this is Mike was always a made-up person that Matt Murdock used to try to make it so that Kirsten and Foggy and everybody didn't know that he was Daredevil. So when he'd come in and when he would do this... Right, it's a, a very sitcom plot where you pretend to be your own identical And twin. he'd have to pretend that he doesn't, you know, uh, blind, not blind, all these things. And when he did come in as Mike, it was so over the top. He was such a over-the-top, slimy guy. Like, hey, baby! Like, he, he really played it up every time they'd come oh, in. Yeah. And very Mike fun. was in the office, he'd have his feet on the desk. Like, it was fun. So when you do that, though, and he has the, the Nornstone makes him completely real now and changes history and stuff like that. But he still is partially like a Matt Murdock, but he's you know, the Mike and the brother, but he still has some good in him. So when you do that, he's like, I'm a bad guy, but I'm not a bad guy. And he says, like, I don't want to get involved in this. In my mind, I think that he just wants to go Nordstone, wipe this all out. Everything's back to normal. It's fine. Mike and Butchie think they're in different genres of story, right? But Butch thinks that he's in this, you know, gritty crime thriller. Not even thriller, you know, gritty crime boss rise to power story. And Mike thinks he's in this happy, lighthearted, you know, charming rogue, steal some money, but, you know, wink at the ladies kind of story. The play is that he has been impersonating Matt Murdock since Matt went to jail. Because when Daredevil goes to jail... What uh, what's up with Matt? Like, why would he disappear all that time? So he right. is playing it up and has been this whole time, like, oh, and, you know, doing all the things in a reverse of what we had at the beginning when he was the figment. Oh, you know, there's Mike. Well, now he's pretending mm-hmm. to be and Matt. He doesn't even he doesn't even know that his brother is Daredevil. He thinks his brother's off in some sort of drug rehab. Yeah. Yeah. So he's just there doing this. The problem is, is that when Fisk hears like Fisk is not right now going after like I'm going to find Daredevil. Matt Murdock, and unfortunately, this is the worst thing that Matt, Mike, has oh, been pretending he's Matt. It's a bad time to be pretending, yeah. It's like, you know, I'm going to go to Afghanistan and pretend to be Osama bin Laden. Yeah, you, be no, that's not going to work no, out. It's not going to work out at that. all. Not oh, my good goodness idea. gracious. So he ends up where he's still going to go back. I'm going to go get that stone. Like, he thinks this has gotten out of hand. Things. I mean, you look out the window and all hell's breaking loose. You have your guy, Butch, who... Yeah, you want him to do good, and this was going to be a little grift, and maybe we'll have some fun, get some spending money. It's gone too far. He has, you know, death on his mind, and, and Mike does not want to do that, so he's going to go off to do that. In the meantime, you have to remind people that even powered up and all that, 
you Doc Ock cannot be influenced by the Purple Man and the cane and everything Fisk has because he has a disruptor tries to do this and the best thing is and I don't know if you're if you're an auto fan you might be upset the idea that he never thought to put any of those devices on his superior versions as he calls them from the multiverse <laughs> he only has the one of them yeah I guess. and so when you end up having Fisk like oh you know I'm gonna control oh not you auto like Take the unwanted auto out of here. So he gets escorted out by his own team. He doesn't, he doesn't get escorted out. He gets jumps out the window holding him. He ends up where they end up. They're controlled and they never had those deals. He ends up in the fray and yeah, things so like that. Otto, the, the real auto was in the middle of his whole riot and he can't do anything because it's a thousand guys on one side against a thousand guys on the other. And he's just you know, stuck in the middle. And now we go and it ends then when you have Mike go back to his apartment. He ends up where he had hidden the Nordstone, and he goes to grab it. Okay, it's still here. I'm going to make things good. Of course, the place is wrecked. The place is. It looks. He thinks that Butch actually, in his crazy mind, he thinks, oh, maybe Butch came around and he wants the Nordstone. Maybe he sent a guy here to get it. But no, it turns out. Well, he goes and checks. He goes right to the place he hid it in the air vent, and he takes out this stone. And we see looming behind him the huge shadow of Fisk. And page turn, he just gets wrecked. He, he he's done. I mean, it's it's you know it's a bear versus a bunny. There is nothing going on. We There's haven't no seen this since the bathroom scene earlier in this, where the Stromwinds they just got obliterated. And in this, what I like about it, not like about it because it's brutal, but you end up where this goes down. I don't think Fisk is calling him Wesley to clean up. I think he wants this to be there and wants everybody to see because in that Kirsten comes in and sees it. That's where you probably get the word out or whatnot because again, remember Goldie and oh my God, Matt's dead, all this. And uh, yeah, it's not Matt, it's Mike. We thought it might be. He's done. And then you got to think like, what's going on? Does does Fisk realize the stone, the Nordstone? Is he going to use that? Is he going to be able to do it? Because that can change reality and things like that might just yeah, be I mean, the this, end. That's huge MacGuffin just right out there in the open. And now. it seems like maybe the MacGuffin by the end of this is just to hit that so none of this happens. But we'll see. Or at least some Could things be. are twisted and turned in. But a Mike Murdoch being gone really doesn't matter mm-hmm. much. It's a shame because it was such a cool way to get a character and bring him in. But him actually gone. That's not going to change a lot of things in the And also, in the I don't know, I don't think we mentioned it, but it, they they took the power away, I think, from all of the purple kids that Fisk had. It looked like it looked like they're just now just regular kids. It looks like they've been totally drained. So we have the one Joseph off with the Avengers, the last purple kid power, but the others they seem to be, you know, no longer out there to change things. And also the idea too. I mean, just to say why it would get out, like most people don't know. That this isn't Matt. The game they're playing with Kirsten and stuff, she thinks this is Matt. That's why she went over to see Absolutely. him here. So when she would go, it's not like she's duping anybody. If she sees right. this, maybe it's that's Matt. how going forward, maybe the world is going to think that Matt is dead and Daredevil exactly. has just got to do his thing off somewhere yeah, else. It might that be could for be a while. Post event status quo. That's what I thought. The idea, of, if the word is out that it's Matt and he might have to be like, okay, well, maybe that's a good thing for now. I can lay low, just be Daredevil and things like that with that. So, but it's cool. I liked it. I, I did like it a lot. And uh, it's a very quick Again, issue I'm, as you read I'm through, but a lot of things setting up. I like this book when the premise I hate so much. 
I hate the premise, but it's 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 made so well. Chip Zdarsky is so well good. I love I love his writing. One of my yeah, favorite I writers. I mean, I hope I would love him to stick around for a long time doing some more Daredevil stuff. But it sounds like he's going to be busy. He elsewhere. says that he's going to do more Daredevil stuff. That's what he said, even with Batman. He it says, seems. but he, he also in his newsletter he says something about you know rounding into towards the end or something. He he kind of said like he. Like, it's not going to stop dead, but it sounds like he said, well, it's time to start cleaning yeah, up. Yeah, who Daredevil. knows? So we'll have to see. But yeah, at the end, you might get the thing. But that Electra stuff probably will have to continue, even if it isn't him and the whole deal. The hand, the fist, that stuff that we saw in that. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see what goes on with it. But at the end of this, we have one more issue. And this is the kind of thing that I was talking about. And, all the, and this is kind of an event type deal, whatever. But you end up where you're really just setting up the last issue but you're putting so many cool things to set it up and so many things like there there can be payoff in setup issues you're setting up the big thing but you have a bunch of Absolutely, payoffs going right. and it's done and when somebody does it this well you realize like holy crap like this is so good and i i did really like it uh what would you give it oh uh, i think again we haven't talked about the art but marco Cicchetto is fantastic yeah, the especially art's great. at the, the fisk stuff his his Wilson Fisk looks tremendous. You really get the emotion that he's he's a huge, powerful man who is frustrated at the little things that bother him, and he's lost control, and he's just crazed, and he's going to regret it at some point, but right now, he can't control himself. So I love the look. I love the way each little bit of the story, again, aside from the president thing, everything's clicking forward in interesting ways. And as we talk, my score has been going up and up. And I have settled at an eight point eight out of ten. I'm a nine. I'm a issue. nine out of ten. I I really I really like so it. good. And so that's you're like, well, what's going to happen next? I mean, there's a lot to do, and there's tie-ins and things like that. There were a bunch yeah, this and week. There is and an so. Omega issue, so we have the the final issue and the Omega, which will I guess shoot us off on whatever new status quo is. But a lot of stuff's got to happen in that next. Exactly. Issue. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. You have a cover for next deal that there's even more heroes mm-hmm. showing up, which oh, is cool. And, and we're not covering the tie-ins, but uh, I'd say the Spider-Man tie-in is skippable. But if the Moon Knight people want to take read the one-shot Moon Knight tie-in, it's a pretty good book. What about it the Superior Four or whatever? Are you, you oh, down with I, that? I want to pretend that nobody, doesn't exist. Nobody likes that. That ended up getting ripped apart in the reviews, even. And most people are pretty positive on the reviews. You know, most people not named Gabe. There you How go. Dare you. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hope Gabe will listen to that. Uh, but what is your book of the week? My book of the week is Devil's Reign number five. That is mine as well. That is my full out deal. Who is your gem of the week? It's tough the gems over at Marvel for me. I For a while, I thought maybe Jake, the biker bartender for Taking in Dylan. And then I thought maybe Angela for Kintsugiing back together the hammer that made that was almost mine. Mjolnir. But I got to go. With R.I.P. Mike Murdoch, hardly needy, such a such a great part of this book. He wasn't in it a lot, but he always made the book better, and I'm sad to see him go. Yeah, it is it is a shame. I'm actually going to go. It's a dual deal. It's kind of a, a push, but I'm going to go Ben Riley and Janine, where you show that they are both gems and they both love each other. At one point, I do like where Janine is setting up what happens when the book gets back to Peter. Are we going to be on the road that again is, together? I'm like, yes, you will, baby. And that, I, that I like the, that. The only good part of that. That bad, was. Bad and book. I did like that idea. You know, it, their love of each other. That'll always be the thing that drives forward. And even with the memories that Ben desperately needs to be Spider-Man, 
To be Ben Riley, mm-hmm. he just needs Janine. I, I thought that was really well played out. I think I know what your cover of the week is because it's <laughs> probably mine. What is your cover? It's the only other good part of that bad, bad, amazing Spider-Man book. It is the Art Adams cover where we actually see this lizard vampire hybrid actually looking scary. And yeah, it's it's a that's gorgeous my, cover. That's my cover as well. I went through and I looked and some of the covers were a little, I don't know, I don't want to say sus, but they, some of the bigger things just that they didn't really do much for me. I'm like, oh, that's okay. But. With that, yeah, that's like my they, they, they put the, the main character on the cover, and that, that's it. This one actually kind of tells a story. And and when you do look at it, the detail of the lizard slash, you know, oh, yeah. Morbius it, powers. It reminds you of, like, uh, the woodcut style, the very detailed darks. But, again, you could, you could tell that he did his own inking here, I'm pretty sure, where it's it's very a whole piece put together. Yep. And, and with that, at least, you know, you have Lizard there on the cover that has Mike's powers. Mike! It ain't, yeah. That issue drove me nuts. Here we go. Next week, though, don't have a lot of books. We only have four books this coming up week that we will be covering. Two of those will be on the Patreon spotlight. Give a little shout out. That's at patreon.com slash weird science. And this week, we also ended up doing Captain Carter number one. And also the Punisher number one, which almost made my book of the week, just to be a little. Yeah, and we had uh, an additional guest review of that Captain Carter book. And I was going to throw it into the main podcast and completely forgot. So I'm uh, upset about that. But yeah, we end up having a special reviewer as well for that. And so with next week, though, of these four books, I can kind of guess what's going to be on the Patreon pick by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Uh, uh, And we have Amazing Spider-Man 92 Point Bay, right? You got that. That seems exciting. You got the Daughters of the Dragon and Nonsense and Morbius, who they'll call Mike 50 million times. You also have Avengers number 54 tying into the Avengers Forever deal. And I will tell you, the cover I'm looking at right now, it kind of makes me laugh. You have a big word bubble of nonsense on it and it seems really fun. But we'll see. We actually have been a little upset with those because they just seem to be side books. The Avengers book ends up being yeah, a it's, side it's book to the forever fight over here we fight over there so i think it'll continue then, hopefully but then we also have a thing that you got me more into with the whole podcast and things we have a one-shot reckoning war issue reckoning war trial the watcher number one uh so that's the big deal dance yeah, we, we saw things. the setup for that in the last fantastic four and i guess we'll see what happens to a lot and it's so funny the idea that i'm like trial i thought you were i I just thought they were gonna throw him in a cell i guess they're being nice a trial it is i don't think it's gonna go well for him though but they have the rule of law they have due process on i didn't know that we did and now i'm glad i found that out and then finally you end up having something that again it's more ram v it's more symbiote stuff carnage number one and i did see some things where people were talking about this and i i understand and i fully think that Marvel has to watch out because a lot of people are getting sick of symbiotes. A lot of people think that they are now getting too much. You had the the King and Black stuff leading into the Venom book, which is fine. But now you also had the you know the other Carnage deal that we had that kind of mm-hmm. event that I thought fizzled out. And, now we have a number one. Carnage and Bedlam seem too similar yeah. to really. And people love they don't Carnage, have their own lane. but it's just the idea that everything's popping up symbiotes. You know, it's no longer coming up Millhouse. It's coming up Symbiotes. And I think that you are starting to overdo it a little and might want to 
ease on back a little, ease on down the road and get them all in where they belong the Venom deal. So we'll see. We'll see how it is. We'll see how people react to it and whatnot. But I saw I saw somebody put up a preview for this carnage, and I only saw like seven responses, all negative, and I, it shocked me. Hmm. It actually shocked me coming from the outside actually coming in now, especially the symbiote stuff and with that. Uh, and even like our guy Brandon, Brandon out there, he ended up seeing and sent me right away. They have another car. Oh my God, they got to stop with it. So, and he's a huge symbiote fan. But we'll see. Maybe it'll be really cool. But those now, four is, books. Is this an ongoing? Is it a mini? Is it a one shot? What the hell is in it? In this, and I'm not going to say, and I was going to, but it says on Comixology, book one of three. So that's a weird huh. play, but we'll have, we'll see. We'll see what that is, and sometimes things get wonky with that. But it does seem to be just a, you know, a thing going on. This is one of three, but don't hold me on that. But we'll see. We'll see when we get it and see if it says it and spells it out. So with that, though, thanks everybody. Also with that, also besides going to the Patreon, go over to our Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. You can let us know what you think of the show, things like that. Also, you can mail us, as we said before, where the mail. Is at Weird Science Marvel, Weird Science Marvel Comics at gmail.com. All these will be in the show notes. I always flub through them. Also, check out our Instagram, which is at Weird Science Comic. But yeah, thanks everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining me once again, Jason. I always say it, but Thank I hope you, everybody likes the extended coverage, all that stuff going on. And what do we say at the end, Jason? What we say is have a great week. Keep it Week. marvelous, and we'll marvelous. see you in seven. See you in seven. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.